Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Murad into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Morning, folks. How you all doing? You're very welcome along uh, to the Irish Examiner Hurling Show in partnership with Alliance uh, for the National Leagues. Um, We've been gone a while. We had an extended Christmas break. A few lads were asking me on Twitter that we longer breaks than the TDs. So, uh, <laughs> but I think, look, the, the reality is the real stuff starts uh, this weekend. The, the preseason is over. Well, not quite, obviously, Wexford and, and uh, Galway playing that Welsh Cup final to double up with their league game. But you're very welcome along, lads. Joined today as our special guest by Ken. How are things, Ken? Looking fit? Great, Jello. Uh, long January. Into February now, so the, the year's going to fly. One league over, this league is coming, and then there's the Munster League uh, round <laughs> robin. So yeah, it's all yeah. leagues, but yeah, yeah, you eventually qualify for the big stuff. That's it. That's it, Ken. Uh, and the two buckles, as usual. Um, TJ, dry January. Dry January, Delo. Yeah, <clears throat> looked after Complete. very well. Um, pretty much, yeah. As I said, not, 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 nothing too serious to report, but nice February coming up. Uh, starting with this weekend, uh, Marco's going. Marco's going to host me in Parque Kiev on Saturday, and we have a trip to the DRF on Sunday. And just you up before the DRF? Oh, no, no, up to the Dublin Racing Festival, not the DRF. Um, and Monday, <laughs> just talk a course, just talk a coursing on Monday. Myself and Marco would be newbies to the coursing now, Delo. So oh. uh, you'll, you'll you'll have to educate us there. Right? Oh yeah, the Powerstown Parkway on the on the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. No, I'm a, I'm on the box Sunday night, so I'll only get there on Monday. Uh, whenever we are finished, be nice, lively pod on Monday morning. I tell you, <laughs> <Be> banging down <laughs> the road. But, um, yeah, uh, Marco, how is things? Falling season for you? No, it's obviously stepped in, around now. I've I've two due and the third and the fourth of February, so they'll be moving to the falling unit fairly soon. I'll be uh, relying on Mister Hannity to deliver them safely. So we've minded them for the last eleven months, but they're all gone well. But but you know, it's great to be back, I suppose. It's um, you know, when Dino was playing, we we used to always say down here like there was no show like the Joe show. It now is there's no show like the Dale show. So I don't know what you're doing, but there just seems to be a lot of people grabbing for you being back. But anyway, I suppose the, the darling of the pot is back, right? Come here. The darling of the pot is back on Sunday. The split season is back, Davy Fitz is back, United are back. The Command Racing Club is back, and the, and come here to me. The stock markets are back as well. So, Dale, okay. it's been a great January. Well, come here, whoever, whoever you you caught into buying a pension scheme today, because we we were looking at the short term. I said, and TJ, um, during during good place at the moment, there'll be the stocks and shares are high, and you're quite confident that that policy you will sell them will be a winner. Well, look, the last six the last six months when the markets were on the floor, I kept saying to fellas. Hold tough, hold tough. This is like playing a match now, right? You're three or four points down at half time. You need to get into the dressing room, have a recess, have a review, and come back out in the second half and have another cut. And thankfully, 
the stock markets have repaid that advice and we've had a great January Dela and we're looking forward now to the rest of the season for the National League coming on and of course we have one little cup in the bag already I was delighted that Ken I met Ken below and um, I can't believe we won it but anyway we got over the line and Pat Ryan got his first bit of silverware so we're up and running for the season and really looking forward to the to the new season with all the new managers and this the managerial yeah, you, you, you did the double mark in the Munster competitions between the Munster Hurling League and the McGrath Cup. Now, the footballers didn't start off great then on Saturday. That's the only thing in the real stuff. No, no, no. And, and I, 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 I'm led to believe that the footballers, they might be given the, the lessons after the youngsters around down West Cork and stuff like that. But getting beat by Colmore Oaks Road and Sunday wasn't good now, to be fair. And uh, a game that they led for most of it. But the fairness of John Cleary, he, he's starting, I suppose, he's trying to put his own stamp in it now. But it was, I suppose, nice to get a, get a couple of cups. But I suppose it's like everything. You need to get the league. You need to get a good start in the league. And, and I think, listen to his interview, he's trying to maintain his status in Division 2, which are kind of already on the back foot. And it could be something similar on Saturday night when the All-Ireland Champions come to town. But... We'll wait and see. We have a nice panel of players and we're looking forward to the season. That's good. That's good. Great, great, great to hear that. We're delighted at all as we hear that news in one cock. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that we're on football, I, I'm going to uh, digress a bit. Um, quickie on your your take on the All-Ireland Club football. I see this morning, Kilmacud have kicked back with another objection back to the ruling that it must be replayed. I have a feeling at this stage it won't be replayed. It is one unholy mess, lads, isn't it? Um, just... For another club final, I was I was there. I have to admit, I did hit the road after the hurling final, which was enjoyable. I maybe felt we talk about it in a few minutes. Don't lie, you had a great chance. I thought, and a little bit more belief. I thought it might have might have actually caused the shock of a, of a long time, long long time. But football, it's like how the GA lads are just rules in the GA, isn't there? They just are crazy. How they just had to kick back to the the, the Glen, Watty Graham's. To object first, John, instead of meeting on the Monday. I mean, I was involved in a similar thing in '98, and I, I'm not bitter about that really because the 70 minutes weren't played, and we kind of quickly accepted we'd have to play again. Now, what we should have done probably is got, got out of Dublin that night and gone into hiding below on the West, no mobile phones in '98, and uh, said we played in two weeks' time and got a bit of freshness back in the legs and things. But this was a little, this was a whole pile different, you know. It was, it was a was breaking the rules in fairness but to let it roll on for the kind of 10 days now has it all over the place and i think that's the big the two clubs i can understand their stances but i just think the ga met that monday at 11 o'clock came back and said lads this will have to be replayed we'll give you an extra week but saturday week there's a replay would have solved a knot and i think maybe you know i'll never forget that night let's say on point number seven or eight after the bit of grub myself and ali baker in the bar most of the players in the bar, so were the Offaly lads. I'm not saying they were wrapped up or anything like that. You know them. And getting a tip on the shoulder from Mr. Lucknan saying, hi, bed, we could be out next week. And that was the end of it, you know. So, but like this, you know, Monday night, we saw the homecomings for both teams. And just, I obviously grew up to Sunday night with the proximity. But it is an awful mess, isn't it? I, I have a feeling now the couple will be left back to Crow Park, presented to Watty Grahams, and they'll say, we don't want it, you know, and... It might go. That's going to take. That's going to take a month or so, you know, yeah. with the uh, reels and the jigs and all that. But um, 
when you're a manager on a sideline, as you well know, now people will say if there was 70 or 80,000 there, you can't get a message in or you can't get this out. But we well know that in the, the wide expanses of Croke Park, you know, where there was a small crowd, every, every uh, word is audible. So um, obviously the officials have got to take responsibility at the end of the day. The subs didn't come off. But I don't know what you ever have as when you're on the side and around like that. But when somebody comes off, you always give the shout, Dalo, Dalo, come on, come on, come on. And someone's going on. Even, even though the fourth official is, is making the switch and you're giving the, the list or whatever, you're, you're shouting at some fella to come off because you're always conscious of the 16th man or someone saying, oh, there's 16 men in the picture. What's going on there? What are you up to, you know? And it was all, I suppose, the more remarkable that the young fella that was, was supposed to be replaced was standing on the goal line. He was standing on the goal line with the goalkeeper, which made it more, which made it more complicated. People talk about 17 players, but in actual fact, the 17 player was peripheral to the whole thing. He was yeah, out of the sideline. Like he had nothing to do with it. Um, because, you know, any, any player could be in the sideline, as we well know in the World Cup. Just subs were all in the sideline, right on the pitch. It was amazing to see the French lads and the Argentinian lads, they're all in the pitch shouting and roaring their team on or whatever. It was like a GA match, for, for instance. But um, it is a pity you're going back to 2010 again with the meet, uh, Loud Saga, you know, the, the Joe Sheridan goal or goal it wasn't. Uh, it's the same scenario again where the GA, you know, abdicated responsibility, uh, left it to the two teams, and it's, it's left a sour taste in the mouth because, as you well know, that's, uh, well, from my end of it anyway, we lose a lot more than we win, but when you win the cup, it's all about receiving the cup on the day, uh, celebrating with your, with, your, with your parish on the night in the clubhouse, celebrating the following day or two, and then you move on. It's all over. That's the greatest kick of all time. Uh, even the dinner dances, when you get the medals, it's not the same, even though you have a great whole night and a few pints. It's not the same. It's all about the night and the day after and being with your, with your own. So I think the good has gone out of it from, from everybody's point of view. And But as you mentioned, Dalo, it's going to take a month or five weeks. This is going to roll on and roll on. And, and eventually, uh, the, I suppose the, the, the thing about it is that there's, there's medals there. There's all other medals to be given to some uh, club. And sure, at this stage, it doesn't seem that any club will, will get these medals if there's no game played. Yeah, yeah. TJ? Like, Dana, to be fair to the GA over the last number of years, it has, like, the, the, the whole substituting has moved in that it's now the responsibility of the fourth official who's helping the referee. And that seems to be a good move, taking that paperwork away from a very busy game, heading into the final quarter where the referee isn't having to write in names. Like, you, you remember the old days where you'd come in with a slip of paper and give your name to the referee, right? Um, so, that, like, that seems to be a very good move. My time on the line, like Ken said there, because like we, we were always nearly pulled by the fourth official to say that you had to do things structurally right. They needed to see the guy coming off before they released the guy in. The fourth official is wired up to the referee. You would be asking yourself here, like, what more can you do? Like, you don't want a game. Like, it could be up to 10 substitutions in the second half of the game. That's his responsibility. All the fourth official has to do here is quick word to referee. Hold a second. Ken hasn't come off or whatever it is, right? It seems to be very straightforward. Like, what, what more you want to do like I'm agreeing with Ken here I don't think this game would be replayed um, like then you're probably going back to things like I speak from a Limerick point of view and things like go back to the, the, the point in Crow Park that Hawkeye got wrong or let's say the 65 against Kilkenny in 2019 or let's say the point in the 20 game last year like, Jeez, I have a lot of grievances 
we've la- we've a lot of grievances, like, and uh, even the dog is agreeing with me there. And right, <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm just saying, Dilla, I, 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 I hear the pieces about litigation and the rule book and the 16 men with the scores, like where does all this fit in in terms of a mistake and into the future? And if people create enough of a furore now, could there be more pressure on the GEA? So it's, 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 it's a tricky time. I, I, probably, I probably was in surprised category that a replay was ordered. I thought it might have been trying to deal with I, I, Like what Ken is saying there is, jeepers, and everything that happens in a GEA, like nearly always dealt with on the day. Obviously you can't have 16 players in the field, but it was a mistake. And I suppose there's, there's learnings in it. But I wouldn't like to see a whole heap of changes now around substitutions and big stoppages. And, you know, as I said, the fourth official is there. He's got his job to do. Like, he doesn't... What annoys me sometimes at games, right? And I'm hard to annoy Odello, as you know, right? Is the fourth official is up and down the line trying to keep managers inside and outside of his box. You know what I mean? Do your job, man. Do your, like, you only have one or two small things to do. Just get the job done properly, Right? Just to digress a little, right? Is I see the Merfona role hasn't been reinstated, which for me again is a little disappointing. I think it adds to a game. I know that I like to see the goings on. You can nearly be telepathic, and you know, when you see a guy having a poor two balls or three balls into the corner, you're kind of saying, "Geez, the Merfona will be down to him now in a second. Marco, you'll be getting the warning. One more ball now, Mark. Like you kind of nearly miss that for the GA, but that's just." I, Digressing a small bit, but you were, for me, one of the causes of that being getting rid of, like. possibly, possibly, possibly. But what, I, what, what I'm saying is, like, we don't have to follow every other sport. Hurling has its own identity, and I thought that the mayor Forna was part of the, 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 the game, where the manager was using his mayor Forna to get his messages out there on a given day. And I, I'm disappointed it's gone. I'd like to see it reinstated, but it looks like it won't. But yeah. to go back to the fourth official, I thought it was a good move in terms of what they did and the way they've moved forward. This was a mistake. We all know in life, mistakes happen. Jeez, I make them every single day myself. But look, it, 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 it's, it's a mess now. Yeah, one of the one of the most ironic things I, I thought about it in the few days after when we all up in the air um, was, do you know what's superbly run and it can be chaos at times and you probably would have all played and it was, is the Kilmacud seven aside and yeah. <laughs> the, the soap coming on has to hand you the baton the coming the off. So it seems so simple. And it's a seven aside, and we all know how chaotic the sideline is, and various rumors about a blue helmet and uh, yeah. teams having more than 10 players there. And there might be a lad that might be that well known, and he'd be, he'd be used back over the years. You could tell tales about it anyway. Uh, but that simple system, and then we're in an Ireland Club final in injury time, and a lad remains on the field after a sub coming on. But look, at, we'll just have to stand back and watch that and, and uh, see, see what happens. Um, TJ. He's some man for a man that's not on Twitter, isn't he? 85,000 views of his Siri moment <laughs> in the woodlands before Christmas. I mean, like, you know, he, he doesn't do social media. We know he has the spies out there that feeding back everything. He gets little WhatsApps of everything that's on Twitter. But wasn't it unreal? I, when I look I, at I the figures say, last night, after, re- after finishing time. up here, washing a few glasses and, and uh, getting them out the door, begging Stephen Dillon not to have one more pint uh, and finishing the agenda here with a little glass of wine just to just to you know get my structure in place. I, I had a quick look again. Eighty four thousand eight hundred views of Marco. Unbelievable. <laughs> it was it was yeah. the funniest and he's been moment any of... for a day, I don't know <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> it was the funniest moment of twenty twenty two for me. Like it was like real time 
Merkel, for anybody who hasn't seen us, we were back in the woodlands and Merkel's gone off on one of his usual rounds about Cork, right? And he had his mobile phone and his inside pocket jacket, right? So anybody, obviously, who's got a phone and has Siri lined up to help him on their daily chores, right? Obviously, one of the buttons got hit, right? And when he was full midstream, Siri comes out to say, I do not know what you mean, <laughs> which, which is regular... <laughs> Which is regular enough from us, do you know what I mean? But it was just incredible. It wasn't it wasn't the setup, but it was And our listeners I led. It was incredibly funny. Oh. <laughs> you know, I would have thought the game was done and dusted because of the experience that Limerick have had over the last four or five years at the Pier Sugar in the driving seat. And in fairness of Belly Gunner held the bicep. Sure what do you mean? <laughs> 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 Welcome back to <laughs> That's the best ever. Who's done it? Who's done it? Who's done it? It was his own phone. Ah, someone done it out there. Like this. Feckin' mobile phones. <laughs> Classic. Hey, it was Siri. <laughs> I thought there was a new Siri from Cock. Hold it going, gal. Good. Anyway, how that is good. You're, you're so hard there, I can tell you. No, I can tell you, I waited the whole year long for your kid. All year long, no, right? You're going to get it, no, I can tell you. Do you think I'd anything to do with that? Like, that's, that's Ray Frocco there in the background, with Jack or Larry. Oh, I, I'm not saying these little things that come in. I'm not having to go up at all there, like. Which, I, as I was telling you, 85,000 people haven't seen since it went off anyway. Like, uh, a full attendance for an All Ireland final. Jeez, there was some moment in time I thought joking now. I, I, I'm still not sure it was your one phone I'd say it might have been Rafe in the background doing the <laughs> plus remembering that day we had done a show earlier in the day then we had the AGM of come on Rafe so not an AGM right. but all the all the, all the, um, the top press review review of, of things and where we're moving forward of come on Rafe and, and then we were doing this and we were having a couple of little drinks there to nice relaxed atmosphere <laughs> very funny what what's but like wasn't it fantastic in the, the woodlands that like they launched it on a Monday night or something and within two days there was five hundred and fifty people had signed up to come in and, and you know and beat me and John Kiley and Declan Hannon. What? They came to see you. I don't <laughs> I said they came to see John Kiley you now. I, I come here, I was just feeling sorry for you there while ago when you ran about all the the things that went wrong for Limerick. And I, I, I had to laugh when you said that Hawkeye missed the 65 that you never got. So are you starting to come around now and say that we should be using Hawkeye and Bear on power because of Limerick's no, you, controversy? No, you took me up wrong. I said about the, the minor one was the Hawkeye that got completely wrong, where the technology got it completely wrong, Mark. And number two, the 65, I said, was a genuine mistake. It looks like he missed it. Like, as you well know in this game, it doesn't go to a Hawkeye for a 65. Oh. So what I'm saying is, the, the, what happened in the Kilmacud croaks game looks for all purposes like it was just a genuine mistake. So where is the line going to be drawn here? Are we going to be in litigation issues? With, are we going to the rule book to see if something is in the rule book or not? But like mistakes happen and like, that's just the difference. But TJ, it is in the rule book, and this is the reality. The rule is there that you can only play with 15 players, and Dalo is right, and probably most of the GA people are right. The rule was broken on the day 
the GA should have taken ownership immediately of the situation rather than forcing the Glen to make an objection and then take up their objection. And now you've killed McCrud with a counter objection rather than the GA Mark, standing Mark, over their own have... rules and, all and second, having all a second, a second. It is also in the rule book that if the slitter goes between the two uprights, that it's a point. Do you know that? Yeah. So, so it is and, also and in we the all rule book that if it comes after the opposition and it goes out over the end line, it's a sixty-five. So it's a mistake. That's what happened. So I'm just saying we just would need to be very careful into the future if we have a big furore about, let's say, Limerick and Cork in the first round of the league or the championship or whatever later on. It's, it's a very serious moment and there's a knockout coming and let's say the umpire makes a mistake or let's say there's a wall wave wide like what's the difference? Well the that wouldn't happen in hurry, TJ that wouldn't happen in hurry. this is Jack O'Connor we're giving out about a pint about Dalo's mentioned, mentioned it already Clare Sportingly agreed to play replay the 1998 All-Ireland final Sportingly agreed so <laughs> none of that has ever happened in hurling. It's it's all gone to the big ball for some reason or other. But um, it I think it's there is there is a problem when the chap is standing in the goals, lads. As there was three guys in the goals, the goalkeeper and two defenders, and the extra defender was the sixteenth man, and that is in a sense taking it a little bit far. Unfortunately, he was involved in the play in a big way. The last two plays of the game. And also, as you know, the sixty-five or the forty-five, the forty-five wasn't retaken. If the forty-five had been retaken and the player had been replaced, it wouldn't be a problem. Mm. I agree with you. Yeah, we move on from the big ball, lads. We we move on, um, and we'll be here all night. Um, yeah, Marco, that that was a funny moment. It was great. Um, lads, <laughs> the preseason. Um, I I didn't go to a game. I have to say, but I streamed. It was great. Um, Munster Council. Were streamed so right from the get go. I streamed Tip and Waterford, and by God, the Belton on a freezing cold night in the Gaelic grounds. Maybe they hadn't full teams, but they just hammer and tongs. Now, I suppose Liam first match up Waterford, he's just left them, and then Davy's gone into Waterford. So, um, to say that these lads don't want to go at it, and then you think of Claire and Tip and Nina, three and a half thousand people in Nina, and again, a soft pitch, cold day. Um, incredible, watch that. Uh, watched um, Kerry and Cork and Mark liked a lot of what I saw but still two soft goals I think that day's just a little reminder yeah. there for me that I liked the attack and play was very good and, and direct and that um, I didn't see the final um, but by all accounts you came from the dead but even lads on the other side of it and I'm not going to get into a huge debate now Mark about the split season not out we'll have it again later on but the thirst for intercounty lads, incredible 12,000 people in Wexford Park to see the Wexford Kilkenny game. I know the lights were coming on, but that's obviously a huge league game as well now at the weekend on, on five o'clock on Saturday. Fucking all the all the good games really are on Saturday <laughs> this weekend. It's yeah. what you think of the league. Um but um also that's doubling up as the Walsh Cup final with Galway. So I, I'd say another twelve thousand there on Saturday. It's amazing the thirst people have for intercounty play um even watching the clear footballers there on monday night and the highlights the crowd was an innes for it and a dramatic late win for clear and what it meant to the players but of course the league nearly means more in football than the championship to a lot of counties but um i just think as as we look at that pre-season competition is it worth keeping i know cock won it no map so you'll say pat as a new manager got value out of it but could we be starting our leagues earlier 
this is the debate we're going to get into now. We're talking about, you know, looking forward to the league. Still only two weeks between the league final because they've put on bloody semi-finals, even though that if you Google the league, you'll see just a straight final between the winners of 1A and 1B, which should be the way. And you'd have three weeks yeah. to the first round of the championship, but there's semi-finals now and you have a, a semi-finals on the the two weeks before it and then you have the final on the 8th night and then the Munster Championship, Leinster Championship on the 22nd, 23rd. So there's only the two weeks. But is the split season worth retaining on, on, on that basis? If it's given is on, Sigurdsson is on as well. We see all that uh, every day in the examiner. Fantastic coverage. Do you think, Mark, it's worth persevering with these pre-seasons or could we have started the league two weeks ago? Um, <clears throat> I suppose there's a couple of things, um, Anthony. I suppose the one thing that most managers will say with the pre-season games and be it competitions or whatever, they said if they weren't be if they weren't in a competition, they would be looking for challenge matches. Mm. So I think you know Cork got a bit of value. I think Tip got a lot of value out of it as well. Um, I know if it's given and the Sigerson crosses over the McGrath Cup and stuff for that. But like ultimately, um, most county teams are carrying forty plus players now, and the fact that if it's given fellas are left off or in general left off, um, it gives the county manager the opportunity to give fellas a go and give them a chance to stake a claim on the panel because there will probably be fourteen or fifteen of these lads left go in the next couple of weeks as well. So, um, for me. I suppose the one controversy that's, that's raging this week on a Cork side is the fact that UCC are playing this evening in Fitzgibbon. There probably could be anything from 10-plus involved, which isn't ideal, and they won't be back till, we'll say, the early hours of Friday morning and then playing Limerick on Saturday night. I think some of the planning around the champ, those matches should be looked at. So if that match was on on Tuesday, I think... Why wouldn't, why no wouldn't it be on Tuesday, Mark? Can I ask you that? I just don't know. I don't know because there was nothing yeah. on last weekend from what I can gather from a hurling point of view. So it didn't make any sense playing that match. No, the fact that it's a way if Cork revoke, I still don't think it would be ideal playing Thursday, Fitzgibbon, and playing Saturday night in the National League. A Tuesday would be perfect, I think. And to be fair to most managers, nearly all the managers respect the Fitzgibbon and the Sigurdsson, and we as hurling people and GA people, we would advocate that these lads would be released to play if it's given and concentrate because it's only a short window in a player's career to be in college. They'll meet lads from the length and the breadth of the country. There's relationships formed in colleges that last for decades afterwards. And, you know, inter-county managers pulling lads from Sigerson if it's given is not the right thing. They should be allowed to express themselves in those competitions. And there's still plenty of time uh, for the inter-county manager to get that player back. But it's just, I think some of the planning around of it causes controversy. And I'd certainly say Cork wouldn't be happy. They'd like to be able to call and the likes of Kieran Joyce or we'd say Brian Hayes or Jack O'Connor or all those lads that they really know they need to release them for the Fitzgibbon to be to give them their due. So I, I'm definitely <clears throat> for retaining the competitions, Anthony, simply in the fact inter-county managers would be looking for challenge matches again at that time. And um, I think it's a good opportunity to give the fringe players an a chance. Yeah, yeah. I've making the excuses already for Saturday night, Tej. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
I, I, I'm going to take a couple of questions. I'll come back to Saturday night in a, in a second. The split season for Stella, I do think is working, and the general vibe from the players is they're happy with it. I just talk about the club very briefly. Is from my feeling around the country right now, right? Is the club season the way it happened last year is allowing clubs not to be having to be on pitches kind of before Paddy's Day. They're all kind of doing SNC programs, so it's working nicely for them where they don't they get into their own leagues maybe towards the middle to the end of April, they're getting ready and they have a championship in August. So, from that point of view, I think it's very clear and defined for a club player, and there's no onus on the club to be out the pitch in January. It saves pitches, it saves money, that works. Right, um, the structure of the league, uh, the pre preseason competition. I'm going to agree with Mark here for a change. I do think that in the absence of that, you will need challenge matches. You'll certainly need where there's counties with new managers that'll have to reach out and spread the net. They'll have to have a look at players and then try and extend that into the national league. I think where some of the issue is right now is if you look at the structure of the national hurling league this year, right? So. The league starts this weekend. There's five rounds games in the league, which finish on Paddy's weekend, the 18th to 19th of March. And then you have the following weekend, you have a league semi-final, which you touched on already. And then two weeks later, you're into a league final. Like That is two weeks out there from the first round of the championship. I think all the teams will take the league serious to a point that they'll want to make sure that they give as many players and to have their panel of their 26 filled and known by the end of the league. I think all teams will be quite happy to play in a league semi-final because it'll give them a game the last week of March and it'll give them exactly four weeks from there running into the championship. You'd say that's perfect. Will you be though? Will you be? Sure, you only you only beat a John McDonough team last year in the league, and you won I, the I, 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 I Will we have the same will... again, Afi? I, like what I'm saying is John will again experiment and he will be looking to make sure that he knows his 26 players, right? I think you'll have eagerness from the players maybe that weren't on the first 15 that when they get their league time that they want to make an impression. So I, I, I do think so. If you go back to the league games last year where Limerick got beaten, they weren't beaten by much. They were narrow enough results that maybe didn't go their way and maybe... Like I, I think that they had question fitness and they were heading into a regime or a new season where there was a little bit of an unknown and now they know that block and they seem to have got it right last year and that the timing right. So it probably will be something similar in terms of the training block. But the question I have for you going back is then is... So you'll beat Westmead and everyone else yeah, will beat you. Yeah, we, 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 I, I, I would like to think so. We, we, like, you, you'll see you now Limerick will have strong teams out but they'll also have maybe one player yeah. per line trial. And that's good business from a manager is to know where his basic replacement is for each line. But the point I'm going to make to you is, is the league final, I think, is the conundrum like we saw last year. Is Do you want to be in the league final two weeks out from the championship? Your training block of a month is interrupted. It's a national competition, so you have to give it respect if you're in it. But then when it doesn't go your way, it throws you. You have two weeks. That's the piece for me that's not working. Yeah. And Ken, who would you think, like, I'm looking at it, Dan, looking at it there during a the few days, it maybe suits a Leinster county to win it more and I due respect now to Antrim and Westmead who are in the Leinster championship you probably do expect to win those two games so there's going to be a little bit of I'm not saying leeway you'll still have to be on your game but you might be able to make two or three changes and still win the match now we've seen in Leinster how crucial the the scoring difference has been uh, kind of caught Dublin last year I think uh, they, didn't, they didn't beat the two so-called Weaker teams, yeah. let's say, per se. You know, they've done fantastic work, don't get me wrong. The work that Darren Gleeson and, and, and Joe Fortune are doing, incredible. But in Munster, there is no, you know, clear and tip that first round. Waterford, Limerick, it's cutthroat. You lose that one. 
especially from Clare's point of view, it's Ennis. You know, if we we'd like to make Ennis a fortress, if we can win our two home games against Cork and Tip and Ennis, you have a great chance of being in the tree. That and it's all about being in the tree. And then does does it suit maybe a Wexford to go all out for the league? Sorry, Yellow, just 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 to compound your point in the championship when you play that weekend 24th of April, the second round of the championship is coming the following weekend. So mm. you nearly have to get ready for both of them. Yeah, you have. You have there's no time to recover for the second match. Like it's just about. But it can would it, I I was trying to pick winners and I'd said it wouldn't be too hard maybe to see where Pat Ryan would be coming from to get that national title, go for it and get it. And they're not out the first weekend in Munster as well. So yeah, from his point of view, it might be the three week gap is there and a national title for Cork players at the moment. None of them have it. So I no disrespect, Mark, but I think he's a new no, manager. No. Yeah, yeah. But can for the for the for the Kilkenny Kilkenny always do it. The four the four teams in the league semi-final last year, none of them made the All Ireland semi-finals bar Kilkenny. And they do it every year anyway. They do the league and try and win the league, try and win everything. So I expect no different there. But I'd say Wexford, Galway could really be a team that would go all out for it and say again with Henry no title last year you know no Leinster very good all Ireland semi-final in fairness a bit lucky against Cork but that it would suit a Leinster County to go all out and, and, and go all out for that Alliance league title yeah it would suit a Leinster County and Cork to go all out mm-hmm. for a national, national league I think uh, we've all been I suppose uh bitten by the, the Waterford experience last year where they were hugely impressive in winning uh, the league final and the next thing the whole thing went belly up for some reason or other um, I believe that particular weekend at Waterford won the league final uh, Limerick had a very successful training camp uh, which turned, turned their year for them so as you mentioned you have the backdrop of winning or losing a league final and then you have a team to have a, a, an outstanding training weekend and are just preparing for the big, the bigger picture, the big goal and that's obviously winning championships. Uh, Cork obviously have that Achilles heel at the moment in the fact that they haven't won for so long. It's a, it, it is a burden. Pat Ryan has come in with success, you know, at under 21 and under 20 level. Um, I think he'll be instilling a sort of a a sense of confidence, even though it was Munster League, Mark, down in Parky Reen, there was genuine excitement from the supporters um, and there was a, there's a huge hunger there for success and even to win the Munster League uh, for Sean Dunham to go up and collect the cup, you know, it was exciting for the Cork, uh, general Cork public, they all stood around after the match and that good, that good feeling is there. Um, you're, you're, you're talking about tomorrow evening in Wexford Park, Galway and Wexford. Galway will bring no support, as you know. It's a huge journey for Galway. But yet there will be 12,000 at the game, it's, mm. it, you know. And it's, it's a National League game. It's Wexford against Galway. Henry's under pressure. I know from living on the borders. You know it too, Dale, from being on the borders um, of Galway. Henry's under pressure to produce this year. I think he needs to get something tangible. He has a lot of young fellas coming through that need, since their minor days, to get their hands on silverware again. So I think the league is going to be interesting. You know, we're you know, T just getting a bit of needle about Limerick there, but I think Limerick use ample make ample use of, of, of the National League in the games they play, the players they throw up. And the league has been huge for Limerick in the fact that the Kyle Hayes of this world 
um, have been able to alternate between forwards and backs without any pressure. Nicky can pack, practice his uh, puck out strategy, which is a huge uh, thing in the armory for, for Limerick. So I think it's, it's going to be still a very good competitive league. I think, as TJ alluded to, it's the league semi-finals when you're saying to yourself, that's when people start pulling up and saying, Jesus, do I need to be in this league final or do I not? And ultimately, as you mentioned, Kilkenny traditionally loved the league. They, lo- they have as many league medals as ever all Ireland's. So they will come in strong. You would fancy them for a league semi-final. They don't mind playing in league finals and winning them. But at the end of the day, I think everybody will be competing to get to a league semi-final spot. What after is, after happens after that is, an, is, a, is another day's work. Well, that's, that, that's the worst of it then because it's our, our second showcase competition and we were playing doubleheader semi-final possibly in Torles and some teams are not that keen to make the next step and that's the and that's why we I expressed think. our disappointment didn't we we expressed yeah. our disappointment there beforehand the fact that there was even league semi-finals yeah straight yeah. final straight yeah. final give everyone the three weeks that, that's and that's I don't think it's too late to review that and I don't think to be a single comp- uh, county manager or county board would complain about that bar maybe the little financial factor of being in a league semi-final, right, with a double header in Torles. Um, I remember playing in league semi-finals and Lucknam wouldn't be that keen, maybe. And uh, I remember coming back uh, to the local in Clarecastle and led said to me, will you just let us know anymore if you're not trying the league semi-final to save us 80 quid bringing the wife and the two kids down to Torles. <laughs> Do you know what I, I said? Well, I didn't know. I didn't know, honestly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's the pity on it. I still think, lads, we'll have home digger Dingers of games, I'd say your game on Saturday night, the two E be there. I'm going to try and get out of here. Uh, I have a couple of busloads coming, uh, but I've told them both that I, I'll have to be leaving at about half four, and I'm cutting a chart with all that Limerick traffic that'll be on the road um, to get to Parky Keeve. But I, I'll uh, hopefully get a car pass off Tony. If you're listening, Tony, if he listens to the hurling show, he wouldn't know, Kerry man. But um, no, um, we we're still going to have games where. Like the fo- I'm on the following Saturday night then live in, in the Gaelic grounds and, and like Clare and Limerick, I mean, what matches threw up last year and you know well that Lohan will want to go in and say, Khan, we'll, we'll, like it, it won't matter maybe in the overall scale, but I think we're going to have these humdingers, you know, when it comes round to, you know, Watford tip, you know, Kenny Watford, even Watford Dublin at the weekend and the whole Dungarvan factor and thereafter health and safety again is kicking in, of course, they're after capping that at three and a half thousand, which I think is a joke. They're saying that. I mean, I've played in Dungarvan in front of eight, nine thousand. I swear, um, which is a pity. But it's it, it's still going to throw up, lads. Starting with Saturday night, I think these great, big attendance, uh, full blooded, will go out of deal, go out of games. I think for sure. Yeah. I think from uh, like I said, from every point of view, you know, I think that the lads will be just mad to get back in the pitch, like. The reality is July seems like an awful long time ago now for intercounty action. Like it seems like more than kind of the, the, the usual kind of one end of the year to the next. Um you, you you will see new faces. I suppose the challenge from Liverpool point of view will be the guys who have that little bit of apprenticeship done over the last couple of years is can they break into this first championship fifteen? You're probably referring to people maybe like Colin Coughlin, Cahal O'Neill, um, Adam English, these guys, they, they, those guys that are apprenticeship done, they will be mad eager, I'd imagine, for game time to try and see can they maybe wrestle some championship game time away from, let's say, the, let's say the guys we know. 
Um, Keen Lynch is obviously back training. Uh, Peter Casey's back with Miss Middle last season. So from Limerick's point of view, they will have a lot of options. And I'm sure John will be very keen to give all those guys um, a bit of game time. I'd also think that that maybe Limerick would probably psychologically maybe kind of put Pat back in his box a small bit. They had a win, obviously, in the, in, in the Munster League. Go and get the victory. Ask the questions about them. And I would say there'll be a little bit of that going on. And I think that each team will want to win the game. It's what team you put out there. I suppose that's what we're questioning is how strong does John go? I think you'll see a certain amount of trialling. And for Cork, I'd imagine everybody's eyes would be on them. Style of play, their setup. Like we, we all know the, the, the bigger guys and the younger guys in there, the Bears' influence is there. Um, they had a very good win in the Munster League, albeit if you look in behind it on 66 minutes in the final against Hip, they only had nine points on the board. So still a few question marks there. So I think that we'll all be eager, even for myself, to see what ways they're set up. The Ireland champions are coming to town. As I said, there will be a big crowd there. So it's definitely a first-round league game mm. that I think there'll be an awful lot of eyes on, for sure. Yeah, Marco... Who are we expecting from Cork? What are you looking for? What, who, who is there something completely different? Um, you know, I, I see Hoggy telling us he was unfairly treated last year. I think he could have done without that. Uh, but I see he's back and he, he seems to be really enjoying the new, the newness of the setup. Uh, he spoke about that. He's looking forward all day to going into training. I think that's that's a great sign for you. Um, He'd be certainly in my fantasy hurling team, although I've picked one already, but I, I'd be making a few changes when I see the teams. We'll get to I, that. I have a feeling that's a, that's a dummy team you're after throwing in already <laughs> now. Like, and you're, trying to, you're trying to distract some of the big hitters to see could they follow your dummy team. There's no doubt about it. Like, now, and I didn't, I didn't see that. I'm not on Twitter. I just want to confirm that, right? Okay. But I so did have your, a spotter send me your yeah, team. Your right? yeah, yeah, your yeah. You, you have more spotters than Hitler you have. Come here, it's a big it's game. All-Ireland champions four times in the last five years coming to town. You know, the, the All-Ireland final of, of 2021 still stinging a bit. Um, and like Cork, new manager, successful under his manager, all new, all fresh. Um, what, are you, what are you looking for Saturday night? Um, I, I, look, I think Pat, the, the two wins against Limerick and Tip, the manner of the victories where they came from behind to steal the games by a pint, I think that shows that there's a good spirit there and there's a good commitment there. And like I, I remember, I was doing the live streaming on the day, and I looked up at about the same time as you. It was 65 or 66 minutes. I saw a large crowd kind of leaving the stadium, but you know what? I was a little bit disappointed. Next of all, there was a, a goal went in, and all of a sudden you see people running back into the pitch to watch it. Like, and Ken was there at the match. The last seven or eight minutes was absolutely enthralling stuff, and it just it just showed once the team can get ahead of steam, what can actually happen. We were eight points down, and to and to, and to win it by a point. I was on the sideline in the National League in 2015. We were four goals up against Tip. And there was about 15 minutes to go, and Tip took over and beat us by a point. And I just saw it firsthand myself. When a team starts to get a run in you, and for some reason, if 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 the other team is taking the foot off the pedal, it's very hard to put the, the, the pedal back on. What am I looking for from Cork? Um, I'm just a little bit disappointed that I'm, I'd say the selectors won't start any of the UCC lads, um, which will which will probably hold back a good few of the newer lads. Now, will they be available for selection? I would expect so. So 
I would see a lot of changes maybe during the course of the game. I think TJ mentioned it about style of play. I think we'll see a change from Cork. I think the ball will be delivered slightly faster than it has been here to the, to the last couple of years. And I think a fulcrum of that point could be that we, I'd say Cork will play with a large full forward. And that could be Dalton, it could be Hannity. I think it'll be one of the two of them before the year is out. And I think Declan made Declan made Brian Hayes, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, he's a young lad in. He, he you know, he's obviously lacking a bit of experience and stuff like that. And um but um I was actually at the awards, the uh, Clancy's awards there recently, and Paddy Hayes's father came to me and he wanted to correct me on my my um his wife is not the Olympic swimmer that I thought she was actually. She can't, she can't swim at all. She's doing lessons at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said to him, I said, the can can't be a bit of fake news, like, you know, Trump like crying that one, like, so, sorry, Paddy <laughs> and Mrs. Hayes. <laughs> but, um, like, these these guys in the bars, the Eaton Toomies, the Ben Coniums, and Brian Hayes, they're exciting players. They're big and they have pace, and I would love to see them against them again. I definitely think there'll be a couple of games where Pat Ryan will earmark what he's looking for, the younger lads. So the likes of the Brian Roaches, the Carmuck, Kyle Carmuck, right? Those guys, if they start on Saturday night and they put down a marker on Saturday night, they're throwing themselves right into the mix then for the championship start. So, um, just ask him, Mark, on that. Just ask him, is Brian Roach the forward? Owen and Brian, isn't it? Yes. Yes. So is Owen is Brian the defender. Forward? Yeah. Brian is the forward playing midfield. Yeah, really okay. hard working, good lad. Got two points um, against Tip in, the, in that league final, but I was delighted with the one he got. I don't know, was it an equaliser or the one that put, which was right on the sideline in front of the dressing room, the parking ring? That's no easy task to hit one like that. But I suppose overall, Anthony, what you're really looking for, and, and I think we will get it. I think we, I think we'll be competitive with a fast pitch on Saturday night. Sorry again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You could turn off that. You could turn off a button there, like. Siri will have to get it. I don't even know how to turn it on or turn it off. No one ran that on Twitter. But um I I I I think I think Pat will want to win on Saturday night for himself as well, like any selectors. But I suppose the most important thing, and he and he recognized it after the game against Tip is that. Cork went to sleep for 40 minutes in the middle of the game against Tipperary. And that can, you can't afford to do that against Limerick on Saturday night. What, do, what they'll be looking for is they'll be looking for a performance and they'll be looking for a good attitude from the team. And I'd say, I think we'll get that because I think any fella um, worth to salt will want to play against the best team in the country, particularly when it's at home as well. I think it'll be all guns to the, to the, to the, to the fore on Saturday night. And... Um, just in the Pat Hargan thing, you know, you kind of put yourself in the in the shoes of a player who's doing an interview and they start asking a question about last year. I think the easiest thing would be say, last year is in the past. It's all about the future now. Um, I think Patrick has probably put himself under a small little bit of pressure now because now everybody's going to be looking at Patrick's performances and, you know, I think he should just do his talking on the field. He's a great player, has always been a very good player for Cork. What has happened in the past, you just leave it in the past and move on, you know? So, mm. 
it could have been it could have been a moment where you know a question comes at you and you don't expect it and maybe you get into a controversial situation where you don't need that but i think he just put a bit of pressure on himself that he doesn't need to do just go out and play a ball that's that's what patrick has always done and, and you know let's wait and see how the year unfolds for patrick yeah, he was up at the Cliffs of Moher as well for the league launch, and he probably wasn't used to the surroundings either. The wild, the wildness of uh, it. Well wished. No, 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 clear, no, 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 we, you know, we we know that's a part of it now, isn't it? With lads and you know, COVID didn't get a chance to go anywhere, so um, he's gone off. He's gone to Australia, I believe. Yeah, we he um, he went to Tuesday after we won the county final, and uh, we had our celebrations on the Sunday and Monday, and uh, we he, he took off on the Tuesday, so he's in Africa up to Christmas, and now he's in Brisbane. So himself and his girlfriend Quiba are out there working at the moment. Um, he has the hard hat on. He's Bob the Builder now. So, um, and uh, he seems to be enjoying it, enjoying the weather anyway. He always enjoys good weather. So, I suppose um, that's the way it is. Young people, uh, you know, didn't get that opportunity maybe during COVID. They're getting that opportunity now to travel. So, I suppose looking forward to the National League campaign. Um, just getting back there to, to Mark, I just found it strange about Patrick. Patrick's not is an experienced campaigner, Mark. He's around a long time. And, I would be a view that Patrick Horgan has loads to contribute still to Cork Hurling, you know. Um, but it was an awkward situation for him, particularly with Shane Kingston, you know, as his cohort up front, you know. Um, I think it would be Shane, I'm sure, man, you know, with a family situation like that, it, it was a little bit hurtful. I felt myself it didn't need to be said as uh, past tense now. And uh, your morale needs to be high, as you mentioned there's a strong spirit there with Pat Ryan. He'd be, you know, emphasizing that. And I suppose it, 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 it didn't need to be said, you know, said really from what, that's my opinion of it anyway, you know, uh, mm. from that perspective, which, which Shane involved in the panel particularly. Um, I tip, suppose... Tip, tip Kim. Sorry? Tip, Liam is back. Liam is back. That's the important thing. Um, <laughs> I suppose there is going to be a kick in Tipperary. I certainly believe that. Um, they have trained really hard. Uh, there was a lot of talk last year about standards of fitness and not being able to finish out games and players uh, being off the pace. I think that's not going to happen this year. I think there's a steely resolve about tape. I think uh, those three games in the Munster League will have helped him in a big way. Um, the spine of the team, which has been, you know, our Achilles heel really, at full back and at centre back, players interchanging. The Declan Hannans of this world, the Mike Cases, the Dan, obviously Dan Morris is so strong down the middle with, with, with an outstanding goalkeeper. So I think, you know, Mikey Breen has been put back to his minor days where he, he won a minor All Ireland with Tip. Um, he's, he hasn't set the world at light yet, but he has been adequate. He has brilliant pace, which we have been lacking in in our back line for a number of years and it's a very important role to fulfill so we're hoping that Mikey Breen can fill that that hole for us which releases of course Roland Matter then to go to the center of the park you know and 
We mentioned Fitzgibbon and things like that. We haven't seen the Brian O'Mara's yet, the Kieran Connors yet, mainly because of Fitzgibbon. But they're guys that are going, going to come into the equation as well. So yeah, I saw, I I saw him. I saw him playing Fitzgibbon last week. Uh, he was outstanding in a kind of a deep line. Obviously, uh, Mary I were playing a man back, so he was the loose man. Jesus, he mopped up everything. I, I really think Brian O'Mara mm-hmm. was a huge loss last year. I think I think he's a huge part to play. Obviously, the previous year, then his season was cut short with a broken hand after the Limerick game. And you know, I, I think this fella could, could maybe even allow Ronan to play maybe on the wing where he'd probably be more comfortable even. Um, I think I think would, would, a and really prospect for some, and a long-term number six for, for Tip. Yeah, let's face it, particularly with Craig Morgan out of the equation, Barry Heffernan out of the equation, God rest Dylan Quirk as well, who had, who had a great season last season in his, in his first season. So... We need to get our backline have got the run around. Let's face it, you know, let's call it space. Our backline has got the run around in the last couple of years. Um, we've been off the pace, we've conceded big scores. Uh, Cork last year in Turles was an embarrassment. Uh, I think Conor Lehan got seven, eight, nine points from play. We were just off the pace. So, from our point of view, it's uh, to get a steady backline, to get a backline that can dominate, particularly under the high ball. I think Liam is starting with his foundation. He's starting with the spine of the team and he will concentrate on having really six competitive backs there. Yeah. Um, I, I like Sorry. what I see Sorry. so far. Go on, Marco. Sorry. Yeah, Dale. Parry Campion, um, Ken, he was sent back in that league final. How do you rate him, Ken? Podge Campion obviously is from the McGrath stock as well. His mother is a McGrath, so he's the first cousin of the lads. Noel and John and Brian. Uh, you saw Brian, how good he was. He got man of the match in that Munster League final. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Podge Campion, he's a very good hurler. Played very well on that day. Um, Inda Heffernan was right halfback for Clonauti. Played very well in the day. I think I think he's bringing in men with stature, Mark. Six-footers right. that can move, Big. that can hurl and be strong. And these guys, yeah. of course, have been involved in 21 panels. On all Ireland winning panels, I don't think Podge played. He might have played wing back, I think, in one of those teams. But um, he has the experience of playing with a top class uh, club like Drum. He was outstanding the yeah. whole year with Drum and Inch, and deserves deserves his chance. And yeah, you know, you mentioned Podge. You mentioned Brian McGrath. Brian McGrath like needs to nail down a place now. And I think uh, he gave he gave an absolutely excellent display against Cork of, of defensive play. Yeah. But he, he's cool. definitely a halfback. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, he's definitely out the field. Like Brian McGrath is not an inside fullback line player. Like. Yeah, Brian McGrath won a Hearty Cup and an All Ireland for Timbermore CBS, as you remember, as a centre forward. Uh, that's the beauty of the McGraths. They, their game instinct is so good; they can play anywhere. But definitely not a full back line option for me. You know, a fantastic open hurler with with a, a class hurler with a great attitude. So. Do you know, the big bonus for Tip now is to see Brian and John McGrath coming back for the league campaign. I think the league campaign, as you well know, lads, is going to be very important for Tip because mm, yeah. the signs on it, the body language, the way the team will go out, and to get, there was a sense of apathy there last year among the Tip public. You saw Mark yourself in Cork. We were outnumbered by the Cork supporters. That's yeah. not a good sign. That's not a good sign for any county. And I think there was a sense of apathy there. So I think... Uh, Liam Cattle and his management team, they need to get the supporters behind Tip again. Get him going, traveling to the matches as we had as we had at Nina, Nina Dalo. Yeah, for that yeah, no, that, that struck me that there, there was a real and 
the shouting and roaring was very loud coming through my uh, TV anyway. Um, I have to ask you, okay, before we move on, um, obviously, Brian, the, the return ticket um, from Brisbane is he'll be back for Lara in the first round uh, of the championship. Uh, that's the key thing. But you, you have another man back again. Uh, he's back again, the Bonner. What a tough man. Um, the army must be proud of having a fellow like that on board. He's a, he's a he's some warrior. Yeah, and Patrick looked in superb shape. Um, he um, he's in in savage shape. He actually ran the Clonakilty half marathon before Christmas. It was the last marathon of the year. It was supposed to be a full marathon, but thankfully it was a half marathon. But Bonner has such pride in himself. He's I think once he retires from inter county hurling and club hurling, he'll probably go at the ultra marathons and the Ironmans, and he just has. And in a sale of an unassailable appetite for, for, for I suppose torture really. Um, he's 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 one of those guys that you know would hold on to you. You know, at the Clisson Moor, he'd hold on to you. He'd pull you back up. Um, he, I think it's important to have experienced players there. I think with loads of hurling, you know, uh, Bonner will have a big. I think he was very disappointed. He was actually hurting last year at his lack of game time. So he's a point to prove. And I think to have experience like that, Liam Cahill will call upon him a lot more than 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 the opportunities he got last year. Yeah. And Marco, just to touch on Kilkenny, a huge end of an era, start of, you know, long live the King, uh, Derek. You know, we all think of your your beloved Manchester United. You're going okay again. You qualified for <laughs> Wembley last night there, I said, in the Carabao Cup. Like, uh, you'll be going over, I suppose. But... Um, um, I, I, it's it. We all think of Ferguson. I, I just think this reminds me of Ferguson out in the field when he was going. He says, uh, "Your job now is to back your manager." And Moyes lasted how long? Six months. <laughs> so, like, we, well, we all know it's not it's not Premier League soccer, but Kilkenny hurling is savage, like, and and it's it's a mini uh, drought now at this stage uh, for all Ireland. But Derek, he's good, solid man. I, I'd say so important. Um, I know TJ referenced it. That, 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 was, was it a wide or TJ 65 or the umpire made a mistake? But it's massive that Derek is going in on the back of that under 21 or under 20 All Ireland yeah. success. Yes. Um, yes. But it's a huge, it's huge boots to fill. He, they'll be patient, but I'd say you'll probably get the first year. The second year, you want to be delivered. I am sure. I, I think there's no doubt about it that like, this is the one job I'd say that most people wouldn't want. Uh, taking on their first role as a manager at senior inter-county level would be trying to fill the boots of Brian Cody. But I think we are all kind of around long enough to realise that Derek, you know, very, very successful at underage. He was a great player himself, was part of Brian Cody's backroom staff for a long time. So he's a very experienced manager, has taken up the position. But I think we all know that Kilkenny, I suppose under Brian Cody, we're usually successful. And they're not going to be judging Derek against Brian Cody. They're going to judge him what he can get out of the current panel of players. And from what we saw in the All-Ireland final last year, and this, okay, their inter-county trophies may not be full, but by God, at club level, when you see Ballyhale Shamrocks and what they have achieved over the last number of years, there's no fear of Kilkenny at all. And they'll, they will be right there in the mix, Anthony, at the end of the season, I would suspect. And... You know, TJ Reid, I presume, will continue on. And like the likes of Owen Cody, he's formed brilliant in the All-Ireland Club final, brilliant last night in the Fitzgibbon as well. So 
Adrian. Adrian Molinice of course is a bit of a doubt because he missed the match and he's a hamstring. So and now I'm led to believe he's the fittest man in Kilkenny at this moment in time. But I think overall Derek will be given time. Um, but you know as well as I do, and, and you look at Columbana last year, he was supposed to be given time and he was told that his brief was to rebuild the team and he got 12 months out of the job, which was really bad for him, I thought, on, on, on we said, a county board's behalf to, to remove him and not give him a second year. But I suppose you see young players like Billy Drennan there now. He's a good guy. I was actually at the Galmoy um, Golf Classic last year and met Billy Drennan. I think we were off very early and they just came over to take a few photographs and they had the under-21 cup with them or the under-20. And, you know, he's put on eight or ten kilos since he went in. So the strength and conditioning of the Kilkenny lads, it just, you know, I think a lot. Derek will learn a lot from what Brian has achieved and plus bringing that, that physicality that we know the Kilkenny always have. You're just lads. They're just going to be, they're not going away. Like, that's the reality. And they're going to fight you tooth and nail for everything. So, Kilkenny, I don't have any fears of Kilkenny and whoever's in charge of mentally. You know, we got a bit of um, Alex Ferguson in earlier and we got a bit of Jerry Adams there at the end of it. So, fair play. Um, they haven't gone away. <laughs> TJ Galway, um, second year Henry, you know, obviously he did a lot of turmoil personally last year, uh, the poor guy. Um, and hopefully that nothing like that for him, and uh, they will be serious contenders. Um, what what are what are your biggest things to solve? Do you think I my own gut thing? I was just writing a piece on it there for a preview to the league that to establish whether Evan Island marks uh, fantasy hurling man is a starter, uh, because they need to nail down the free taker. Like Joe, obviously now is gone, gone, um, and Connor struggled a bit. He, he, in terms of these Thomas's free taking impeccable most of the time, and just with Galway, it just was a bit hit and miss. And I think that's an issue for them. And maybe then three and six, obviously, Dahi, he's great fit. Dahi he was captain last year, presumably he'd be still captain. But six, I suppose, Garrod got injured last year. Um, that's there are the couple of things in my head. We spoke a lot about younger players, I suppose, older players as well. We touch on them maybe in a sec. David Burke's gone back, which is a good sign, I think, that, that kind of they feel. It's it's this is the year, and we're go, we're going all out for it. And of course, everyone's going all out for it. I'm not saying, but I think there's a feeling with Galway supporters that at least maybe a Leinster title has to be delivered. Yeah, I, I think looking backwards, first they'll be disappointed that they didn't land the Leinster title last year. They were in good, put themselves in a good position. They didn't play well in the final against Kilkenny. Um, to start last year, it was very much new and fresh, and just like Ken spoke about there with these new managers, like that's the difficult piece is getting that right, getting everybody kind of behind you, getting the supporters behind you. Henry had that from the start, and you'd have to say that um, twenty twenty two was a pretty okay season for them. Like they ran Limerick very close, they were very, like just hit for tat going down the stretch. Tactically, they were very good, and it seems to be from my hearing is that the organisation is top class, the coaching that they've everything on the money. I suppose they had to rebuild without Joe Kenning last year, which is always going to take a bit of time, like we spoke about after Brian Cody. That takes time. What would, what would Galway love? Like, I suppose they'd love an heir to the throne to someone like David Burke in the middle of the field, right? Somebody coming in there behind him. Um, that would probably be key. Like, um, like he's been just a classes in the middle of the field for a long time now. He can't keep going forever. It is great news that he's back because he's a brilliant leader around the training pitch and game day. And even last year, he was one of their better players still. Um, the forwards... There was a little bit of maybe 
of, of what would you call it? Maybe kind of I stepped in, you stepped out. Like there's a there's a lot of players playing well at times. Maybe a little bit more consistency in the forward line. As you said, around all their score getting. I thought tactically they were very good, especially against Limerick. They're getting an awful lot right. Probably love to get one or two new players, maybe that just weren't in the first fifteen last year to see. Like you spoke about Evan Nyland, can he crash into the first fifteen? That's a question mark. Um, I have to say, I saw a couple of new players. You've probably seen them in, in, in the early tournaments. They definitely have a couple of new ones. Like one one new player, definitely. Um, I, I I think he's a lot to offer. He is young. Is young Tieran Killeen from from Lacrae. I th- I think he's got something to offer. I think there's something exciting about him. They have a couple of other forwards there. I'm sure they'll have a look at. But it it'll be more the same. It'll be an awful lot of the same players. But there's definitely, I'd say. If you want maybe to fix one thing, it's that consistency uh, that they can kind of bring that every day. Like I said, the Leinster final performance last year would have been dipped below maybe what they would have liked themselves. They thought they were excellent in the semi-final against Limerick. That probably that performance would have won the Leinster final for them. But to answer your question, they'll need a trophy. They'll need a Leinster championship. Yeah. Only one team can win the All-Ireland. That's, that's the reality, which, which they'll all be gunning for. A national league Leinster title and build on it and see what see where it takes them and get, get themselves to the last four. So that's the challenge for them. But to go back to what you were saying there about players and maybe managers getting time and even in the club scene now I see like there's the the last maybe five to ten years the levels of everything in a club dressing room and an intercounty dressing room has risen. So the players now expect the things to be organised. They expect the S and C to be right. They expect nutrition. They expect the video analysis to be right, the expectation around the tactical and the coaching on the pitch. So these guys now are smart guys in dressing rooms everywhere. <clears throat> so they'll suss you pretty quick now, Dela, so you want to be on the money. So like that's the challenge. And it's nearly frightening now to go into some of these places because these guys are so well-versed in what they require and what they need. So huge challenge now for all. Like like all, There's a lot of new managers and there's, there's heads in the block here. So... And I think in all walks of life, one thing we all lack is patience. So the reality is people will be looking for early vibes to say, Do you know what, this is, I like where this is going. Yeah, and no no better way to start for them than going into Wexford Park, huge crowds, floodlights yeah. on. And yeah, and I suppose with the dubs, Hall has gone to Dublin. My view on that, Ken, would be there's a rebuilding job in Dublin needed, Matty. He was there before, just before COVID. He got a very raw deal today at the Leinster final when the four players were ruled out. Two starters, two that would have definitely come on with, with positive COVID. Um, and then I wouldn't blame him for sticking with what he knew last year. <clears throat> you know, almost was in the tree to come out of Leinster and his time finishes. Another Galway man gone in, a man that has delivered the only All-Ireland since Cyril Farrell to Galway. Top-class man. Uh, got to know him through the Sunday game and he's really good great hurling men, I would say, Michal Dunhu. And it's a rebuilding job for Michal, Michal, I think, because straight away, Liam Rush uh, has announced he's gone. Chris Crummy and Keno Callaghan has announced he's gone. Other years, we were speculating, could Matty get Conor Callaghan to hurl for a year? Now Keane has gone. So there is, it's a big job for Michal. I'm sure, though, knowing John Costello and the board, they're giving him time. You know, it's a rebuilding job. He tried out a lot of new faces. So we... we we just watch. I'd be interested to see him in Dungarvan on Sunday, um, on Sunday night there. So that can be our key game Sunday. Obviously, probably the main games are on Saturday evening. Waterford came the champions. Um, we have to talk about them. And for some ways, Davey was on complaining about the Mirfornet and 
that's a debate I suppose we'd all probably say we nearly agree with him that it is very hard to get a word in uh, without the wear four and I think TJ's right on that and I agree with David there it didn't you know maybe sanction him and if you see him having a spat with someone on the field which was happening um, you know or else get your physios up to the level that Limerick are at who bring in the messages <laughs> the doctor and the physios we, we touched on that we told John Kiley in, Mur in Murphy Browns about that TJ he wasn't too impressed with me here but <laughs> we were having a few uh, sociable drinks so he was okay <laughs> but, no, but, but Waterford it's there's a bit of pressure on with Davy, like when he took over in Clare, I suppose things were pretty low. He delivered an All Ireland and a National League title a couple of years later. Um, we'd have to say with Waterford when he went in, they were in turmoil. Justin, remember the players and all, did got him to the All Ireland final. Okay, that didn't go well, but won a Munster, won a Leinster with Wexford, who were also kind of although Liam Dunn, I would say had from my experience because I was around Dublin at the time had started but this is the first time i suppose davy's gone into a job where it's an all-ireland kid or you know the team is there they're, they're ready um so there's a little bit of different pressure on him now he's way more mature i think and you can see stephen bennett talking about it in yesterday's paper that he he's been shocked to how calm he's been <laughs> so far um yeah. but of course when the matches roll around now i'm sure we'll, we'll see davy in full flow again which we'd all love to see of course it adds to the whole thing you know when Kilkenny and Waterford, or Kilkenny and Waterford meet, tipping Waterford meet in the, in the league, it'll be high octane with him again as always. And but it is an interesting project, isn't it? The players are certainly there. Um, Ty De Burke, I believe, is back. He's Davy's telling us all these guys are injured, but uh, from what I'm hearing, they played a challenge match with Wexford there. I think it was last weekend, and uh, give Wexford a good hiding. And um, Wexford also interesting project with Dara. Good year last year, I would I would have felt and. It, I think for them, I'd go all out for the league if I was there, because uh, a good chance of being in the tree in, in Leinster anyway. Um, but for Waterford, it is a big first season, isn't it? It feels like that. Yeah, and I suppose Bear Limerick, uh, the luxury of riches uh, of players is in Waterford. Um, there's also, you've got to take into account on a negative point of view, the Bennett's, you mentioned Stephen Steen, which is important for Davy, but of course the other two are gone Shane and Kieran. Um Parik Mahoney has also retired. Um whether that was by choice or by the fact that maybe he felt he hadn't a role to play in the setup, I don't know. Um he's an experienced player, top forwards in the country, as you well know yourselves, lads. Um Watford uh Davy's second coming after last year with the championship, you know, the catastrophe that was the Munster Championship last year. Waterford have a huge point to prove. Um, and there's a little bit of pressure there, really, for Davy because of the fact we can play all the challenge games we like, lads, or the league games we like, but when it comes to the crunch, it's all about getting uh, getting to the Holy Grail. So um, he has a bit of rebuilding to do. I'm a bit concerned about Waterford, the fact that Bally Gunner, who, as we well know, are in the top one, two teams in the country for the last five years, aren't really Bar Desi Hutchison, Arton contributing in a huge way to the county setup. Um, Stephen O'Keefe has didn't commit back as well as we well know. Philly O'Mahony an outstanding hurler as well. So um, Patrick Fitzgerald will probably come into the equation as we as as we know uh, from the Bally Gunner end of it. But I'd be a little bit concerned that that a number of Bally Gunner players haven't committed uh, fully to the to the Davy uh, regime. So um, they have a lot. They have, they have a lot to prove. Uh, when they win games like National Leagues or 
National League semi-finals or even Munster round robins, we take it for granted. Oh, Watford are flying it, their tails are up. But last year, they hit a roadblock and there is a little bit of rebuilding to do. The tag the Burkers of this world and Austin Gleeson's obviously are going to have a big impact on what, where, where, where Watford will go. But um, overall, I just have a sense that Connor Prunty, you know, won an All-Star into 20 uh, last year, or 21, didn't, didn't set the world alight last year. He has to come back into the equation, lost his place. Um, they need, again, to, to make a statement. They will play well in the National League. What it bodes for championship, I don't know. But Davey definitely, with his second coming, as you mentioned, nothing less than an All-Ireland will do. You know, and mm. you're mentioning the Wexters of this world and the Dublins of this world, and you're saying that, oh, yeah, sure, it's a definite tree. It's, it's a pity for Dublin that we're saying it's a definite tree in Leinster with, with obviously, Wexford, um, Kilkenny and Galway. But um, Dublin hurlers, like, to get an All-Ireland winning manager into their setup is a, is a great coup for, for John Costello and Dublin, Dublin hurling in general. So we'll hope that they will be competitive and go at it as hard as they possibly can. Dungarvan is something similar, as you well know, Delo to Parnell Park. So it's going to be tight and hard and dirty and uh, weather conditions, you know, it's always sticky down there. So it's going to be one hell of a battle of wills as well as hurling. It won't be a free-flowing game maybe that we tend to expect in games like that. But I think overall, Watford, we know they have huge potential. Can they deliver? That's the next big question. Yeah, and obviously the news had broken since we had our last um, pod they play in Turles, Mark, um, for their month's jam. I don't think that's a massive disadvantage because there was a bit of a no. hang-up about Wild Park anyway, wasn't it? And when they yeah. get Wild yeah. Park back, it'll be all shiny and new and freshness yeah. about it. I, I don't think it's a well, massive... I think they're a I think it's a quick, I think, Yeah, they're a quick team. Listen, they are, and they're horrible. Jesus, they're great horrible. Like, De Borca, Jamie Barron, Stephen Bennett, Ozzy Gleeson, Caleb Lyons, Daisy Hutchinson. Like... They'd be in, you know, the Dailies, Era, Irla, Carrock. They'd be on anybody's intercounty team at this moment in time. So mm. they won't mind. I, I think they won't mind going to Tullus at all. There's no doubt the home venue, people will always say that they expect to win their home games. But I just think in Waterford's situation, they won't mind going to Tullus one bit in the slightest. But it's, it's a big blow, I suppose, in some respects to the city of Waterford, who would be expecting a big influx of people maybe on a Friday evening to the Saturday game or Saturday to the Sunday game. So economically, it'll be a bit of a blow to Waterford City. But in the overall context of this year, I would agree with Ken what he said there about it's a bit of a comeback season, rebuilding. Where I go as far as say rebuilding, I think whatever went wrong after the league final, the players know what went wrong. We don't. We're not privy to what actually went wrong. But I think the players, it's up to them to step up to the plate now. And I think they're of an age. They're a mature team now. There's none of them gone over the hill. And there's no real kids bearing. As Ken mentioned, Patrick Schultz, he's a young lad and has a great future ahead of him. But they are a very mature team right now. And they're the people, really, that are carrying the can this year. And they have got a good manager and Davy Fitz, whatever. You know, I wouldn't be Davy's greatest fan and I've no problem in saying that. But I also would recognise that he's a very good manager that will get the best out of the team. And more than likely, he'd get the best out of him in the first year. So I expect a very, very strong, strong challenge this year from Waterford. And they would be one of my teams to watch out for. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, on Wexford, 
they've been lining them out fairly strong. Obviously, the Kilkenny game took on a life of its own with the lights, and and I uh, see like said, Chinner has nearly played all the Walsh Cup games, and I think they, if he can get two or three more, we all we all know in the Clare game when the two or three injuries hit at the vital stage, the Shane O'Donnells and the Tony Kellys really came to life and got clear over the line in a game probably they were lucky enough to win. So I, I, they could be my dark horse for the league. I think themselves and Cork could be the dark horses, and mm. that'd be great league final, wouldn't it? To to look forward to. Um, and, so and we had you there already, Matt. I, I, I was lucky enough to go to the races in Tremor on the first of January. It's kind of an annual pilgrimage now to get the. And I met Parig Manning, and I was in his company for at least an hour. He'd been married a couple of days previously. He was in great form, but I must say, an absolute gentleman of a of a guy. And I had a great chat with him about this, that, and the other. And I just, I want to wish him all the best. I didn't expect that he would retire, to be fair, because his form with Belly Gunner was electric in the last couple of games that he played. So I'm disappointed yeah, against, to see him yeah. pass the league. What, like, what, a, what, an exhibition. Yeah, what an exhibition he put mm-hmm. on the Gaelic grounds against, against Napiersig. He was absolutely yeah, he, unreal that day. Like. He, and like we'd all say, we all knew he was very strong off his right hand side, but he got points that day off his left hand side, and he looked extremely comfortable. But he was just as as a guy and a player, he was remarkable, and I really enjoyed his company. That to say, yeah, I wonder are the Gunners. We wish the best to Parik. We always enjoy watching him play. Um, I wonder the Gunners focused on the ten in a row and what for the ten in a row. It's hard to. We did one, we did two in a row once in Clare. <laughs> so, so that's 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 a fair some option. There's four other teams, and it'll be all about staying in the division, I suppose. Far than that, that's Leash and Antrim and Westmead and Clare. It's it's just all about staying in the division. And uh, we, we, <laughs> Clare, you know, we, we, yeah. And look, at that's crucial for our development going forward to staying in Division One. So for those four counties, yeah. Look at the Clare thing. Yeah, looking forward to seeing Adam Hogan. Hopefully, he nails down a spot. Picked up a bit of an injury after the Tip game, but was outstanding in Nina that day against Tip. Was the real leader for Tulla CBS winning that Hearty Cup uh, two years ago and is is, is from real uh, good stock in, in Fecal. Um, I, he's one we've all been looking forward to. I think the Leaving Cert kind of came into the way last year or so. Um, and I think Claire need a back or two. And I, I think as on, we were on about TJ. Maybe the future this year might be full forward for Kilkenny. We ran about Hoggy, uh, David Bourke. I think John Conlon for Clare. <laughs> Can we knock another big year out of Johnny C? Uh, and even that day in the All Ireland semi final, it was like sticking a needle in the balloon that day when Clare came out to warm up. And you could see Conlon was still in the tracksuit and hobbling and wasn't going to play. And I think we were all, I was on live and uh, we were there. Is he playing? Isn't he playing? You wouldn't, you know, the usual mind games are going on. But, for me, if we can get a fully fit John Condon again, I mean, he's, the, the Limerick games last year, both the Munster final and the match in Ennis, I thought he was colossal, like in terms of the physicality he could bring to that ultra-physical Limerick half-forward line. He'd be huge for us, I, I think, you know, and it, with a David McInerney one side of him and whoever be the other side, uh, you can match up really well with that Limerick possible half-forward line of Morrissey, Hayes and... Hago and maybe even Keane Lynch now turn into the and who knows Kyle could be back half back again so yeah I, I, that's a clear point of view lads but again Brian is in his fourth year it's about finding two or three players I think and being absolutely ready for that tip game in Ennis which is maybe season defining in one way 
Um, so yeah. that's that's just to give it a quick clear take. I'm not trying to duck that or anything like that. So look, it all keeps and the off funny thing, Gelo, just before you go, the mm. funny thing about that Waterford, the whole matches, uh, tip that game, Tipper playing Waterford in the last game of the round robin in Torres in Simple Stadium. And would you believe it? Waterford will have played two games already in Torres. Uh, when they play a tip, so it's, it's nearly a home game for Waterford rather than tip, and yeah. that's going to be a really critical game. Hopefully, bo- both teams will be in the business end of yeah. things, yeah. And like, even logistically, it has made things lovely as well because Clare's two away games this year were down to Waterford, which is the biggest trek in Munster for Clare and for Waterford, you know. And yeah. you know how poor Waterford were in Innes last year at the end of the season, and um, maybe they hadn't too much to play for, but. For it, that's the one tough, real tough. Cork is tough enough as well, I suppose. It is a bit of a trek for some of the lads as well. I'm thinking about Connor Cleary, who's from Milton Malbay up the road here for me in West Clare. Um, but now Clare have two in Ennis, one in Limerick, nearly a home game in terms logistically. You can warm up in Cusick Park and drive in the road 20 minutes with a guard escort and Turles. And Turles was very successful for Clare last year, beating Tip and beating Cork, you know. So, um I think that, that 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 has worked out for a lot of counties, but I also think Waterford won't mind it either. They know they go to they go to Cork and they've three matches in Torles. Nice and familiar. Mm-hmm. Know your hotel. Know your warm up. Know your timings. Um, so I think, and I'm not sure where the league game is on. Uh, Tip and Waterford, Ken, is it Dungarvan or, or, or Torles? But that if it's Torles, it'll also help uh, yeah, in the preparation for that. that. You know so. Yeah, and lads, a great two A as well, a very, a very competitive two A with the two Northern boys, um, with with Down and Derry, and then uh, Carlo and Offaly, and Kildare could be dark horses there, I think, and Kerry obviously, uh, Stephen, they Kerry, I think there's, I know he said yesterday, I think that it's they're going all out for promotion, they needed for to promote Kerry Hurling going forward, but I think it's all about after losing the three McDonough finals, it's all about for Kerry trying to get to, over the line in that McDonough final and. Uh, Give the, give the GA a headache whether they go into Leinster or back into Munster. We'd all think it should be back into Munster. So we look forward greatly to the weekend. We're delighted to have the big stuff back, the big crowds, and, and I can't wait, actually, myself. Um, we'd have to have a quick look back, Mark. We won't labour it too much because it's a few weeks back now, and we spoke about the Football All-Ireland Club already uh, a bit at Lint. But we had great All-Ireland clubs uh, down along the along the lists and even monsters i see bruff uh good victory for john mcqueen and the sons there tj the at the weekend yeah. Susan celebrated, i'd imagine uh <laughs> well, I know shout out to mall and and the boys um playing and and uh i said it was a mixture of the old and the young on that on that bruff team but uh yeah huge belly hail again setting all sorts of records uh marco i suppose it was all for them in lots of, lots of ways and we weren't on duty for the belly gunner game that just came out and were defiant and i didn't think they were savage in the final i actually thought Dunlai had quite a chance no. and did a did a great job on tj uh, but of course cody as you said came to absolute in his own one five from clay and they're, they're a phenomenal team and uh, but i do think that Dunlai team they'll probably need the breaks you don't need a belly hail in the equation but if it was a new team to come out of kilkenny and maybe you know a fresh enough team to come out of munster i think that Dunlai team has the makings of an all club but sure, the, the killer of the whole thing, if you're in the lie situation, is that you had to beat Thomas's in the semi final 
and after getting a massive victory in the semi-final, that you come up against Belly Hill Shamrocks, like, like no, like I know when you get to the semi-final and final stage, you probably are going to have the best teams in the country anyway. But it's a very, very tall ask for a team to to beat two massive, massive teams with fierce reputation at that level. But you know, hats off to Belly Hale in fairness. You know, like they just keep coming back, keep coming back. And the other funny thing is they've had a good few managers in charge of them over the last mm. number of years with their success. So. It isn't down to, we said, a Brian Cody or the John Kiley or who is in charge of him. This obviously is, is led by the players and they know exactly, and I've often made this point, that they know exactly when they need to have themselves right, both get qualifying in the championship in Kilkenny and they've often squeezed in in the last spot of their own robins just to make sure they're in the latter stages. Once they get up and running with a head of steam, they're, very, they're nearly impossible to stop. Um you know, TJ was brilliant all year. Probably didn't have his greatest final. Joey Holland was brilliant at fullback mm-hmm. on the day. And then Owen Cody for me up front, just below his class. He probably, do you know the way Kenny have always had a player coming? So you had, we said, the Eddie Kayers, the DJ Carey, the Henry Sheffield, TJ Reid. You know, is it going to be Mullen or is it going to be Owen Cody that's going to take up that mental now? And TJ's not going to go on forever, lads. And... You know, when we, when we talk about the greatest players we've ever seen, TJ Reid is going to be right up there at the top of that picking order because he's been magnificent. And we're all looking for the app. We're all looking for who is the next best player, who's the next top player. Like, we know Tony Kelly is an exceptional player in this country at this moment in time. TJ, but who's going to be the next one? It could be the own Cody, could it? Do you know? So, brilliant for Belly Hale. And, and I'm not going to labour on the point, you know, uh, just to reiterate, come back to the time win against Belly Gunner. You know, they were once they were robbed of the final last year, they were very unlucky and they got a Belly Gunner got a great result. But my God, or Belly Hale by far the better team in the semi final, and they probably could have won with a lot more in hand. And only for Stephen O'Keefe in goals against Belly Gunner, I think Belly Hale would have won pulling up on that occasion. So just to, to mark that semi final, we didn't get a chance to say anything about it afterwards after, after previewing yeah. it. But it, it was it was a really good defiant display by Belly Hale. And I think Belly Gunner went into that game as favourites. So, you know, once Belly Hale get the bit between their teeth, they're nearly impossible. A little bit by Kilkenny. Don't poke the bear because I can tell you, if you poke them, they'll come back. And I suppose Colin Finley did his talking on the field afterwards with our man, the diver, Barry Cochran, fullback. So, you know. I let it go now after leave that. Leave it, leave it, please. Yeah, that, <laughs> just to touch on it, we want to open a debate on it, but uh, Jesus, the performance from Stephen O'Keefe that day came. Jesus, what a display goal came. And what a pity he's, he's not making himself available. But we won't, we won't go there. I thought also, Marco, and you mentioned him, Joey Holden's performance in that match. And the first five or six minutes, I said, Jesus, Joey could be under pressure here with Desi. God, lads, he rolled back the years and talk about the defiant and a leader and, you know, and they were lucky to have him, I think. I think it was his dad got sick and unfortunately he passed yeah. on. And uh, away, yeah. he, he stayed around. He was going to go away traveling for a year. And, and uh, God, what an asset. <laughs> what a leader. And I, I'd say uh, Derry Kling has probably been on the phone saying, Joy, take a few weeks, but I might be wanting you as well, you know. But um, Marco or TJ, the south side of the city has been uh, on fire for a lot of years now. But is the north side beginning to rumble as well with Monoline picking up the intermediate All-Ireland? 
Yeah, like I, I saw all three all our club finals, the junior, intermediate, and, and senior. I thought they were three very enjoyable games. Uh, lots of positives. Touching them one lean first, great for them. They've been brilliant at underage. Castle Tri College, obviously, is situated there. Uh, they're in the, in the B schools final as well. Like they'll probably be trying to get into the Harty and try and get maybe wrestle back some of that or score reach kind of progress they've made over the last number of years. Um, not a lot of work being done, as I said. Underage in Limerick, Moline are very much to the fore, let's say under 13, 15, 17. Really, really strong teams, strong numbers, a lot of work being done. You can see that. And they have a lot of young fellas out coming on over the next couple of years. So plenty of positives there. I think that Donegal Dalig and goalie has gone into John Kiley's setup as well for the, for the league. So a huge amount of positives. Yeah. They have work to do to get to where they are. But I'm sure they'll be within their sights. They're in the senior B now, which will be achievable for them. So a great win for them and, and, and to win All Ireland. I suppose overall, to look at, like you, you'd have to say, what took me was maybe the quality and the effort from the Mayo lads and the Sligo lads was really, really impressive to watch. What's brilliant for them, I suppose, is they all know that basically that they're at the level that's required. They, they don't have much to find. Like if they if, if they can go back, keep working on the game, there's an All Ireland final. Like they're at the perfect level. Um, even there, I got text there from Niall Rochford up in Ashford. He said that the, the the interest in Mayo hurling is increasing all the time. And he was even asking us, would we go up and do a, a hurling show up there to kind of give it another push? Like, so I told him we'll be on at some stage. But the, the, the quality... But they're a great club, Turin, though. Turin, Turin brilliant, yeah. I, I remember the winning the sevens with Kilmacud and the toughest match we got the whole freaking day was off Turin in the group. Yeah. Oh, we got... They were, they were serious players, like, and, you know, they were a total hurling committed club as well. And... Uh, yeah, to be brilliant, and and, and Ken, I, 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 you probably even may, maybe know more of all, all, all these clubs than me. I'll go back to what I'm saying about that these guys' expectation, even though they might be in the so-called weaker counties, they still expect the coaching and the video analysis and the certain conditioning and nutrition. They all expect them things to be right. Yeah, and pure hurling as well. You know, you saw the teamwork, and that was a really classy, you know, final. Um, I think you think about Turin, it's, it's a religion for them from Joe Henry. We all remember Joe Henry, but right down, it's an absolute religion for them. And, and people tend to forget, they also won the Connacht Club final by beating the Galway County champions, Kilimer. So um, it was no flash. They didn't come in any side door and like that into Crow Park. And we're so close, you know, to gain in glory. And we think of Mayo and we think of Keith Higgins and... We have to sympathise as well with with the Higgins family on the yeah. death of Pierce. Um, like Don't when he was me. diagnosed, like with his illness, he still continued to go out and play hurling. Still continued coming to the field. He was one of his hands wasn't able to hold the hurley. He played with one hand. That's the spirit, you know, uh, that the Higgins family have, but particularly the love of hurling they have in Mayo. So I think. Um, Overall, Turin, an outstanding display. They won't want moral victories either, lads. You know, they'll be saying, we should have won the shagging thing. Really? But what a game of hurling. And, you know, club hurling, you know, it filled a huge hole there before Christmas. Absolutely outstanding games right through. And Ballyhale, uh, I think Marco mentioned, it doesn't matter about managers. It's about the guy that goes in inside the line, wears the jersey, and has pride in his club. And um, an out, absolutely outstanding display. And we mentioned... Obviously, um, the the one the, the, Stephen O'Keefe, but Dean Mason, he got a little bit of stick the year before for the Bally Gunner goal. But by God, what a year he had as well in both mm -hmm. semi final and finals! Absolutely outstanding saves, and he he proved his pedigree again.
you know. Yeah, yeah. I think he's in goal for UCC. I think Mark as well, isn't he? Is he? I think he's UL. Yeah. UL. Sorry, sorry. Himself, Reece Shelley are fighting it out there. We'll probably be expecting with the team to have to pick up a, a Fitz, Fitz medal as well, and they're hot favourites. I see anyway. And Marco then to finish it off. Fantastic achievement by Eski of uh, Sligo to get to the final again, and that's, that'll tell us all about the pockets of hurling. You know, we don't hear about people saying, is there a hurling in Sligo? By God, there is. And, but we, Swanee got his All-Ireland. Uh, you come to Martins for the bit of bonding, uh, Marco, and then you'll get the kick out of that and win the All-Ireland club. So just for the season ahead, lads, we're available here to take you on the Saturdays for a bit of bonding, you know. Uh, really good. Uh, Ali Giblin, yeah, they got they got back into it by the year restructure, but they fully took advantage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then Martins and, and come back to Australia. Oh, Jesus, that's an incredible bit of news. Like, you know, just, but like, just, just touching Matt Keane in a minute. But I suppose, look, on the, on the ECE situation, I was very impressed with the manager, Cool Cullen, at full forward. I thought he was excellent, his skill level. And the two McHugh boys, um, Joe and Rory, they were very, very good. But when you go into a final and you concede a goal with the very first puck of the game, it's a killer. And like, in fairness, it couldn't have worked out better for Benny Gibbons and stuff. Had it was Matt Keane to pick up the breaking ball and ran straight through the centre and passed it then to Darren Flynn, who's probably, probably from a hurling point of view, he's probably their best forward. So he drilled the back of the net. And you know, we've all been in games where the, the last thing you want to happen is to concede a goal in the first minute of the game. So it put Eastgate on the back foot for an awful lot of the game. But in fairness to them, they stayed at it and stayed at it. And I said, only for Joe Sullivan, who ended up being the man of the match. He was brilliant from freeze all through the game and brilliant from play in general as well. So, but I suppose Belly Gibbon were just that little bit stronger, I think, Anthony. Um, the Marquine situation is an incredible scenario because a week before they played in the All Ireland Club final, he lined out with Cockett wing back against Kerry in the Munster League. He was very, very solid, very physical, and, and something that you'd be looking forward to. When, I suppose if you had an eye on Limerick down the road at some stage, it's like the Garrod Hagerty's that he, he would have been earmarked for him. But then he was picked to play in the final, um, the Munster senior final against uh, Tipperary, and he didn't turn out. And it seems as though it was a forward call that came from Collingwood um, through Marty Clark above in the north of Ireland, I suppose, was asked. Um, I think Collingwood had a, had a player who had suffered a concussion his 10th of the season, I'm led to believe. Um, and he was ruled out for the rest of the season. And the only way you could re re replace a player like that is if you've got an overseas player. And it just happened to happen the same time as Mark Keane's season finish with the club. But, you know, I don't know what the situation. He obviously got an offer that he couldn't refuse to go back over. Or which, But it's disappointing, I think, because the lads, I suppose Pat Ryan and his management team would have been looking forward to see how far could this lad get in the, in the scene. And we were all, I was kind of looking forward because I, I would have said that he's a defender out now over the last couple of years when he was being played in the forwards. And he he's his size and his mobility was excellent. But it is what it is. We just have to get on with it. But if a fellow like him happened to come back to Ireland again, he'll just have to pick up his hurling skills because you know he's going to be physically fit. But it's just his his hurling will, will obviously be lacking. I suppose you can't blame him. I suppose. Great. I suppose Ken, Ken touched uh -huh. on Brian. Brian Ken touched on Brian being in Brisbane and he loves the weather and he's still working construction though and, and uh, he's the hard hat on as you said Ken but this guy's gone back out now to train and rest yeah. and, and play football and you know it's, it's hard to blame guys isn't it really uh, I would say that Les we better keep it moving because we're going over the hour and a half Larry will be giving out um, we move I think look we've had a good look at 
back and we've we've had a good look at um you know some of the new faces i mentioned adam hogan you, you mentioned billy drennan i think very exciting mark uh i suppose adam english tj fellas like that we'll, we'll be looking brian o'mara i think back and, and and so we really it kicks off lads um that also means lads fantasy hurling kicks off we we i have a team in might be a couple of changes get your teams in there the the three the three and the rest of our uh usual guests we'll be having our own league the, the private battle landers probably won't go too hard for the league pat ryan might but uh our own league lads the examiner league i know larry will put up the link uh as well to our own league as many of our listeners live listeners into that it'd be great um we just hope that johnny mcgrath makes a bit of an effort not to get the wooden spoon again i still have it above the house need to meet him to present the team might see him in cock uh, Saturday night, uh, bring it with me. Wouldn't it be lovely to get pitch side if you're going to organize Atlanta's present the wooden swim? Anyway, we'll see. Uh, fancy Butler Hurler, Butler Hurleys and Kilkenny lads back on board with the prizes. Uh, fantastic, fantastic to have them on board again. So, uh, I know Kyle is gone off on uh, a belated honeymoon. Uh, congrats to Kyle, got married there just before the Christmas, so he's not, he's not around to drive it on as much, so we'll be back. I think he's back maybe the weekend, but yeah, we'd like everyone to uh, get their teams in. You've two kind of nights now to, I suppose, teams won't be released till tomorrow night, um, so you, you need to be on the ball, get in your team, a tenor sterling, uh, great crack up for a tenor, uh, great fun, great slagging, and uh, now that TJ has a hit squad behind him as well, uh, and Brian Did you win the league last year, Mark? He did, I think. I, I think I topped this group, did I or no? Were you ahead of me? No, I wouldn't tell you. I, 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 I think I won the league. Limerick don't do the league anymore, sir. Limerick don't do the league anymore. He's trying to find out who will be playing as the challenge down the league, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You need to know the injuries now, and you need to know who's going to who's going to be in the Fitzgibbon and later on who may and may not be playing. There's a there's a lot of decisions to be made. Charlie's a year old and now he's 10. Your man here has got two selectors with him all the time, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And he's on Twitter. It's all about the management yeah. team. Mark, sorry, is, is Mark Coleman, was that confirmed? Is he injured? Oh, he's out. Oh, he should definitely be in your team. Okay. He should be a That's first right. pick for you now. I was just, I, no, I, 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 <laughs> no, I, he's I, gone. I he was injured. He's gone for the year, is he? He's out. He's out. He's out. Yeah. The possibility okay. of being back if Cork progressed, hasn't he? Okay. Yeah, but I said they will be planning without him at this moment of time. Yeah, it's a big yeah. loss to be fair. Yeah. And there, and there is a lot of injuries on it to believe. So it's it's a tricky one. That, it is. You know yeah. well, what I did. Get back, rush him back. Yeah, what I did there last night is I picked the team, a kind of a proper stab at a team. The first one was only, uh, and then I'll you've unlimited changes, lads, up to I think twelve o'clock on Saturday. So I'll be waiting to see. I've Eddie Gibbons in goal. I think Eddie could be some uh, performer <laughs> for Eddie. The misfortune of letting in that soft goal against Belly here, but trust me, he's a top keeper and could be coming up hitting penalties and long range frees. Eddie, Eddie's some striker of a ball. Um, he's in goal for DCU in, in the in the fits and and uh, had him as a young lad, played him in the forwards. Oh, he's a very good hurler. But whether Michal picking will influence who'll be in the goal or not uh, for, for Sunday. So that could be changes there. Uh, we'll wait and see the teams. But let's get your teams in. We'll have great fun out of that. And uh, the main thing is, once you beat Higgy on the Clare Castle League, that's my main goal, Colin Higgy. 
Higgins has to be beaten in every competition in fantasy hurling because he knows more than me about hurling. So and anyway, that's always the, the lo- all politics are local, and uh, that stays that way, doesn't it? Um, four grads, lads, to bring it to a close, but we probably have quite a few. Um, I want to start um, just with saying there is a big game. Obviously, there's a big game in the league coming up between Kilkenny and Tip. Uh, but there's also a big game on the 19th um, for what's now known as the Dylan Quirk Foundation. Obviously, we all know the story, Dylan collapsing and unfortunately passing away in Simple Stadium alongside his great buddy, Craig Morgan. Um, just unbearable uh, scenes and I think, you know, um, much lamented, much loved by, I didn't know him personally, but I think he was much loved as a character as well as an infectious guy. And as you said, Ken, earlier, had a fantastic season for Tip and will be a huge loss. And I just think the Quirk family, and I would have hurled against Dan in, in my younger days, um, great player, obviously, the big connection with Declan Ryan's family as well. And, and um, they've been so brave and they've set up this this um, foundation. Uh, there's a GoFundMe page there. We'll put up the link. And that match, hopefully, will be a huge turnout for that game in Simple on the 19th. Um, and all... The money is going towards uh, SADS, the Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. And they're hoping, I know Dan said that there'll be screening from every player, Camogie and Hurling from under 12 up for this conditions that might be there underlying that people don't really know about. So I think it's it's a fantastic, uh, I'm not saying Turner, they're still grieving for their, their fantastic buy, uh, but they've really kind of made a positive straight away out of Dylan's life. And I think it's 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 a great one to support, Ken, and we'll we'll be driving that on. What a loss to Clonauty, Ross Moore, and, and a loss to his family, first of all, obviously, uh, and to Tip Hurland, uh, this this kid is. Yeah, huge blow to, to us all. We're all still hurting. I was actually in the company of Declan for a long time, his uncle Declan Ryan, who happened to be, of course, manager of Clonauty, Ross Moore. We had a 2001 reunion, delayed reunion, oh, yeah. wonderfully organised by a one-man committee in Tommy Dunn. <laughs> and and uh, we absolutely had an, outst- an outstanding evening together. Great, great chat and great banter. But met Declan. Uh, the family are so strong and so positive. You know, you talk about club situation, huge connections. Declan, he's, you know, he's, his uncle as manager. Um, obviously, the Quirks themselves. And, of course, Andrew Friday, who has done a brilliant job in steering the club in this direction. Uh, he's his own uncle. You know, so it's amazing, you know, um, Dan and Declan married to the two Friday girls, two brilliant uh, ladies, you know, so Hazel and Olive. So huge, huge connection there. Um, this has left an indelible imprint on us all. Uh, we all know, uh, you know, an only son, two brilliant sisters. But uh, for, for, for the quirks to continue, you know, with their concern, we all remember the Cormac McAnallen thing. Now we have a situation on our own doorstep in the in the field of legends in Simple Stadium for you know for De- for Dylan to lose his life. So I think uh, you know a great character, a larger than life figure. Uh, you know came into the dressing room last year after qualifying and graduating as a heavy goods electrician. He said, "Lads, I'm an, I'm a heavy goods electrician now, and I can't even change a plug." Me mother says, you know. <laughs> So, <laughs> so um, he was one of those great characters and uh, larger than life. And, you know, a huge testament, I suppose, to the Quirk family, but particularly to Dylan himself, is that now 
uh, Clonorty pitches. I'm, I'm sure TJ and the lads have been in Clonorty. Uh, fantastic setup there with stands mm. and pitches and all weather and ball walls. They actually, they're actually going to name the park after Dylan. It's going to be called the Dylan Quirk uh, Park. So uh, that's the imprint he left, winning 121 medals, winning senior medals at a very young age with Clonorty Ross Moore. And uh, his legacy lives on. And I think that's what the Quirk family are, you know, are so proud of. And the fact that they are continuing with this, um, it's a huge project. And they are going to see that it's going to be a huge success. And who better to play in that game than Tip and Kilkenny on the 19th? Uh, there's no such thing as a challenge match, as you know, with Tip and Kilkenny. We might find out more about the teams that yeah. day, lads, than we will in the National Leagues. But um, I think everybody knows that we, have, we will give it our best support. And thanks, lads, for, for yourselves for publicising it and giving it, giving it the, the credit it deserves because it is something that will be a huge success, in my opinion. Yeah, well, well said, Ken. And if I said there, lads, uh, Curlin and Camogie players, I mean, all GA players, and as, as the big bowl Dan said, I think this week, he said, if we can save one life, it would make it for us. And I think that's, 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 that's a, a measure of the quality of the people that are involved here. And we wish that, and we hope everyone will throw a couple of bob at the GoFundMe page. If you can't get to the game, you can get to the game as well. Like, I think that'd be great. Um, and the best of luck to everybody involved there with that. It, it, it's a magnificent cause. That's Fogras. I know, TJ, you'll probably have 14 now. There's how many fundraisers on around Limerick there? I know, sure. I, I'm actually very, very late. I, I'm, I'm going to just t- talk on two two little points. First of all, the first Fogra I'm going to say is for actually a Tiberi club, believe it or not. Uh, Ken will know about this, that Upper Church Drum Band are trying to get a second pitch up and running there. And they have a big fundraising draw going on at the moment. And for our agriculture, our farming community out there, they have a big draw on the 4th of March for a brand new John Deere tractor. I think for the thousand euros worth there Marco if you wanted one for your up and coming farm tickets are just 50 euros uh, they're obviously in mid tip huge fundraiser to try and get a bit of land to kind of maybe get a second pitch there club going places football and hurling in tip there uh, big area so just to give a plug to them so you can log on to Upper Church Drum Band join uh, the draw there and you never know you could be driving away in a brand new John Deere uh, yeah. as all the farming community out there will sell you that like a deer um, that was one the, the second one isn't really a fogra I was actually late to the party here uh, Delo I only got to see uh, Laker Gale Joe Canning uh, the night before last uh, just a hat tip to Joe I suppose it's just when you see it all put together the number of incredible scores the man got and just the value of a free taker and what he did to sideline takers over the last number of years a uh, huge, huge legacy in the game. What a player. And just like Mark said about DJ Reid there uh, a while ago, I think that there's no doubt about it. If, if the all-time great team was being picked, there's no doubt Joe Kenning's name will be mentioned. Well, For me, like the, I suppose the greatest player will always be a difference of opinion and... We'll all have our own views on that. But for me, I think that definitely Joe Kenning, what I've seen in my time, was definitely the greatest striker of a ball, left and right. I don't think of anybody that I can know that was sweeter. Unbelievable. And from an early age of 15, what he was doing with his club, Galway, the expectation, just kind of a different insight too about the pressure and you know maybe the drive to get the All-Ireland. Great to see him win the All-Ireland. But all I say is today, like what Joe Kenning has done for Hurland over the last 20-odd years, incredible player. Yeah, Prince, a Prince of Hurlers, there's no doubt about it. I really look forward to his in the Sunday game. Um, 
set up. Um, he's probably the only addition to the world inside of things. But he, I'm mad to spend an old day with him in RT. You know, and it can be long enough days because you're waiting for the night time, but you get really get a chance to get to know lads. And uh, wouldn't have known Joe that well. We'd met each other obviously on and off, but uh, yeah, I, he's a great addition to the Sunday game crew, I think, and uh, be dying to get his insights and his takes on the various ways of attacking, defending, ultra defending, sweepers, all this stuff. Uh, I'm dying to, to to get into all that, Marco. Have you a few little um, come on racing AGM, Marco? We go come on racing for a couple of minutes. We are late right. on time, but look at it, it's a huge time for us. It's an exciting time for us. We have an AGM coming up. We're expanding the whole thing. Um, yeah. And I think, look yeah. at everyone that was involved last year, the bones of the 500 people. Our renewal is coming up. Uh, you're going to have to be getting in your renewal. We're leaving it at 200 quid. Incredible how, how we're doing it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Donald Morrissey we, <laughs> is looking after the books. So in fairness, uh, it's, it's so much to look forward to, I think, this year with new horses on board. And Katie Tay back in training. Yeah. Well, we we I suppose you know it was um it was something that the people of the listeners of the podcast here were crying out for Lento, and it took us a bit of while to get up and running, but you know we we managed to squeeze our way into two powerful yards and Willie Mullins and Jim Balders, and um, we're I suppose delighted to announce um, in fairness that TJ has been a huge help as well on getting a couple of new horses into the stable and Willie Mullins as so. We're going to have three fillies in training next year with Willie. And there's an AGM for members only at the moment on the 20th of February that will be online. And it's was the big thing, the big message is, look, for the people who are renewing their membership, we are updating the website and hopefully we'll have a, a renew button on it which will save all your personal details from last year. So don't, if you're a current member... Don't pay your membership at the moment, which is an unusual thing for FNJ to be saying, don't pay the membership, right? Because we're hoping to make it very easy that you'll only need to have your mobile number and your um, your email address and you just uh, click your 200 euros. For new members that want to join, I think the website is available. I think the command, if you just Google Command Racing Club, you'll be able to go in there, pay your 200 euros, and you will get your membership number. So... That's that's what's there at the moment. Um, will you train me in, Mark? You will. You'll, tra you'll train me in. You'll train me in, Mark. A rookie like me will train me in. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you on. Ken, 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 if, he got, if he got 200 quid out of your namesake, Brian, from Kilkenny, he'll get it out of you. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. All year long, Ken, right? We embarrassed him into it at the end of the year to give 200 quid. So, in fairness to Hogg, you know... Whether he renewed the membership will be a big one, I suppose. You know, and I suppose, TJ, we, we would have always said this, the racing club is going to be bringing you to places that you've never been, introducing you to people you've never met. And we had a magnificent day in Kilkenny when Katie Day ran in the listed bumper. And the form of that race has been really good. But when you have 100 members... Stayed in Kilkenny that night, and you had 20 people from Willie Mullins's camp came down to join us. It was a really successful thing. It's not a money-making thing, but just to reiterate it, it's a bit of fun, it's a bit of crack, it's bringing people in from all over the country. Dela, I'm sure that a couple of nights you were there, you really enjoyed it. And with a bit of luck, you never know. Like The ambition will always be to get a winner in one of the big stadiums. But like for 200 euros, all in, no further costs, 
and you feel like an owner when you go into that parade ring and you see your colours and you see your house running around. And like I go back to um to your Jeez, friend the Richard Stanton already. And we we <laughs> went to Leprechaun and Punches Hunkin. But like tonight we went to Tipperary to see Literatus finishing second, and his wife and children came because Richard was a member, and she got more crack out of it than anything. And she needed a giant. She wanted to be a fully fledged member going away for the races, and that's what it means when you feel you are one of the owners in that racing syndicate. So yeah, it feels another another great one, Marco, was in the McAvoy, the journalist uh, sister coming home from New York. For That's KBTA's right. listed bumper run and loved it, had a great day out. And, and uh, so it's just, and then Galway, then the last two runs of Purple Gown and Literatus for us, anyway. Two newbies from Jim Bulger, just to add that as well, coming along. Yeah. That's so exciting as well. And uh, we're looking forward to winners uh, this time around on that front. But being above and on student day, <laughs> just lucky landers, you were able to get us into the owners and trainers restaurant because we were, <laughs> we were the oldest fogies up there. <laughs> we enjoyed that day as well. We had a great old day. The three of us. We did a great day. And, and Kevin Manning, after retired, the yeah. 40 years in the place, he retired uh, that day. We, we we met him in the parade ring and congratulated him and thanked him for what he's done. He said, The only regret I have in life is that I didn't ride a winner for the Command Racing Club. No. Thanks, yeah, Kevin. Was, and the wish him all look at It was a bit telltale, though, for Literatus and Purple Gown that he announced his retirement before he rode the two of them. <laughs> He yes. did want to go out in a winner in Paris, and he got it. Story, clearly, he did his best, like you know. But uh, yeah, lads, that's, that's so, so much to look forward to. Mark, I know, I know you wanted wanted to, and we will try and get a link up, lads, connected with with this page, the kind permission of the Irish Examiner. And um, Paddy Palmer tragically passed away. Mark, he'd been through his battles. He, he was a great GMN, great commentator, great, much loved. I think down there. Ah. Uh, I tell you, Paddy was a breath of fresh air, I'd have to say. As you say, like he'd beaten cancer and stuff like that. And um, I remember the time when he, when it was announced and he wasn't great, but by Jesus, he battled it and he had beaten it and he was back on track as well. Like, you know, so it's just tragic, you know, that he's lost his life and, you know, to his wife, Colette, and his kids, Emily and Claire, you know, on behalf of all of us, like we, we, we extend our sympathy. But, you know, Every time we went to do a commentary and party was there, he'd be laughing and joking and having a bit of crack. But one thing that sticks out in my mind is a commentary he did way back in football where Clannie Kilty, he says, if this crowd will win a county, he says, I'll walk Clannie Kilty to the city. And what happened? Clannie Kilty won the county and in fairness to party, true to the man himself, he went on a big walk. But... You know, he's a huge loss, huge loss to, to GA, huge loss to his family, his community, his family and friends. And we'll miss him a lot. Like, I'm, you know, just talking to a lot of the lads that walked with him down through the years, every one of them, he was a friend to, to us all. Like, you know, and he's a really big loss. And we just, you know, I can't say it loudly enough, like, you know, that he was a much loved commentator, but a much loved friend. And, and a confident as well. So, you know, to, to again to Colette and Emily and Claire, you know, just to extend our sympathy to Yeah, and, and rest in peace, uh, Paddy. Um, and I just want to mention one man, he wouldn't be known out there, but um, his month's mind was on, on, on Sunday. A great friend of mine since I came to West Clare, uh, Joseph Josie, affectionately known, or Acro, uh, a, a, the odd few people could call him. Uh, I got away with it. Uh, great Channing Gales, man. Great GA fanatic, lads. The crack we used to have. And he'd make you 
put away the phone so you couldn't Google anything. And the questions like, who refereed the 1980? I don't know this, like the biggest tribute I can play to Joe. I passed away a month ago, as I said. Uh, we saw him off well here in Murty's, I have to say, on New Year's Eve. Um, lovely family as well. Um, they're all here at the weekend. Um, when you own a pub or work behind a bar, you know, and it could be quite time, could be middle of the week, you know, some pubs not even open now, but Wednesday or Thursday, and Josie would, you wouldn't see him for half the year because he'd just give it up, he'd do three months off and then he'd call to you most evenings. But the biggest tribute I can pay to a person nearly is when you'd see, hear the door opening and you turn around and you'd see that face, you're lit up inside the bar and you're working and you're probably on for the next eight hours. And that's the, you know, some people are coming in, you, you would actually be going, oh, be dying for someone else to come in. So to break it up, if it, came in, it was no one there for a half an hour, an hour, and, and big acro came in the door, you're lit up. He could talk about absolutely everything. And uh, God be good to him. He'd be missed here around. Um, so I think that's it, lads. We've gone over time. Uh, great show, back. Great to have you, Ken. Looking forward to having you all year. Um, Cheers. Get out there and support your teams, lads. The league is back. Uh, the big stuff is back. And uh, mouth-watering games, especially, I suppose, I have to say, I suppose the, 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 the match in Leinster doubling up as a Welsh couple would be huge as well with the crowd and Wexford Park would be rocking. But um, Cork should be really, really uh, a hotbed tomorrow night. And uh, looking forward to looking over G in the soft seats to ye cosy arses. And off to the Dublin Racing Festival the following day. And down to Clanmeld in for real sport on one day. Over and out. A, a, a grain of rice. A, a, a grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. We're missing what's the show. We're missing what's the show. Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.